folks, on the backs of a, a major win heading into the All-Star break, suddenly, of course, the trade deadline buzz is quite alight with the Horvat move and maybe even some potential trade moves for the Winnipeg Jets. We'll talk about the Horvat trade itself, what it means for, you know, maybe Timo Meyer, and how the Jets might be the best team for Timo to spend the rest of his days. All coming right up on tonight's episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets. Or Locked On, the Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Good evening, friends, and welcome to tonight's episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your, her- your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. As always, thanks for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. If you like what you're hearing, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform of choice, including Apple, Spotify, Google, Megaphone, Odyssey, and YouTube. Doing so is 100% free of charge and ensures you never miss another episode. Most of all, though, we just really love and appreciate your support. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. Now, of course, we just mentioned that uh, the Horvat trade is currently the thing that everyone has been talking about for the, I would say, the past day or so. The trade broke yesterday, and it was a little bit of a surprise. I mean, Horvat has been one of the most desirable trade deadline names. He was the guy that Vancouver has been actively shopping, I would say, for the better part of maybe a couple of months. I mean, it was clear that the Canucks were sort of on a downward spiral, and Horvat, well, he became uh, available and expendable with his contract expiring, which when you hear him talk about it, it's a little bit sad because Horvat said, you know, I thought I was going to be a Canuck for life. And he said it multiple times, which I think is is very much him sort of expressing a little bit of an indictment of the front office while also saying how much he really loved being there. I mean, he he enjoyed the city, it seems like. He enjoyed playing for that fan base. And, you know, he felt like he was going to be the captain and, and really the guy for the team going forward alongside Elias Petrosian. But Obviously, things haven't really panned out that way. He is now a New York Islander. And I, I look at this deal and I think it's very interesting, right? What was the deal for? Well, the Islanders sent a uh, a first round, uh, the, like it's like a lotto protected pick. So uh, if it's a top 12 pick, it slides to 2024. They also sent Anthony Bovillier and uh, Aku Rati, I believe it was. And this deal is... It's okay, right? Like, it's one of those things that uh, I think Canucks fans will look at the package and think it's pretty decent. Rati is probably one of Vancouver's top prospects now. The lottery protected first isn't great, I would say, especially if you were hoping for maybe a better return. Uh, I, I feel like the Canucks maybe jumped the gun just a little bit. Bavillier doesn't really move the needle. He's just kind of... Uh, a depth player at this point. Maybe he finds his form again and they can flip him for something. But, you know, that version of him where he was finishing all of these opportunities and stuff, that has seemingly subsided. So 
you're left with a guy who I, I think is a reasonable player, but I don't know, man. I, I look at this return and I just feel like, if anything, this is amazing news for the Jets. The San Jose Sharks have indicated that, you know, Timo Meyer is, of course, going to be available. And best of all for the Jets, he's going to be available at the same package or something similar to what the Canucks got out of the aisles. Now, what is kind of funny is that Vancouver apparently did not shop many other offers from other teams for Horvat. They zoned in on this this uh, Rati and Bovillier with the first deal, which I feel like maybe they undersold this. Maybe they felt like the market was going to get away from them. I think they've had some, I would say, reservations after what happened with JT Miller when they really couldn't get their asking price. He ended up resigning, and now it's been a whole disaster. Everyone seemingly hates him on the team. The fan base hates him. Honestly, JT probably has... Uh, well, actually, I don't know if JT even cares at this point. He's making tons of money. He's a premier player in, in terms of scoring. And so, you know what? He's probably living high off the hog and doesn't really care what you know the noise is saying right now. But I, I think you're looking at that Canucks situation, and they were like, we can't really sit on this. Let's not you know back ourselves into a corner like we did last time, and let's get started early. I think from the Isles' perspective, this deal really doesn't make that much sense. I know that Wallstrom was just announced to be missing uh, the, the rest of the season, but if you're losing Wallstrom and your substitute is Horvat, right? Horvat, he's going to be an amazing scorer. I think he's going to be a punishing finisher. I think he will probably be able to replicate at least some of his uh, some of his uh, current Canuck success with the Isles, but I don't really think he solves what is wrong with New York. The Isles are a decent enough team, but they don't really have a lot of high-end finishing talent, and swapping one of your most creative players for a guy who does that, it it doesn't necessarily boost uh, the overall net performance of the team. So I think the Isles are really grasping at straws here. I think they're very desperate, and I, I, I get it. You know, I think there's a reason why Lamoriello is really pushing for this. I think he sees the clock is ticking, and Barzal is, you know, certainly not getting younger. So the the onus is on the front office to make moves but i just feel like out of all of this the most important takeaway is that timo meyer is going to be really affordable that package that the isles offered out of desperation really wasn't that expensive when you think about it and for the jets that really could not have come at a better time winnipeg right now is really hard up for um some sort of elite playmaking addition we see the top six is reasonably good, sometimes great depending on the day. The bottom six is really struggling. And somewhere in there, if you add a huge talent injection and re-roll the, that, you know, those, those top three lines, right, you're going to see something really special for them. I think this team has the potential to be a real sleeping dragon with the right additions. We'll explore why uh, Timo Meyer should actually be a really good fit for Winnipeg. And then also talk about some of the players the Jets have been linked to uh, that would be more supplementary and, and fill in, you know, maybe some depth spots on the team. Before we go any further, though, I do want to shout out our friends and partners at FanDuel. This year, the only app you need at your Super Bowl party is FanDuel, America's number one sports book. We're really excited about our new sports betting partner for Locked On because they're, they're the number one sports book in America, FanDuel. If you're new to FanDuel, it's even better because they have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. Download FanDuel now so you can bet Super Bowl 57 with a no-sweat first bet. You'll get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. 
FanDuel lets you bet on everything from the money line to point spreads to even who will score a touchdown. It's really easy. It's very intuitive. So if you're thinking about, you know, maybe Carson or uh, Jalen Hurts, I almost said Carson Wentz. Uh, that's a little bit of a throwback. Uh, but if you're wondering, you know, how many touchdowns Jalen Hurts might throw, maybe you think he's going to go for three. Maybe you want to put a bet on that. Maybe you're also thinking about Mahomes magic. Is his ankle going to hold up? Is he going to be able to have, you know, 150, 200 plus, maybe even 250 or 300 yards passing? Cast a bet on that as well. The FanDuel Sportsback, of course, is a sportsbook app is, of course, safe, secure, and super easy to use. And best of all, you can get uh, paid your winnings instantly. So this is super convenient. We love an instant cash out. And for a lot of you who are trying to make the most of what should be a massive Super Bowl, FanDuel makes it easy to get into the game right now. Join FanDuel today at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to claim your no-sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of Locked On Jets. Thanks for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. We were just talking about uh, the Bo Horvat trade and, you know, hinted that for the Jets, this is really good news. I mentioned earlier on yesterday's episode that, you know, the Jets, uh, I, I think when it comes to landing destinations for Timo Meyer, right, Winnipeg really makes so much sense to me. I think the Jets actually have way more than, you know, a lot of the other uh, competing teams might be able to offer. First off, I think the biggest thing right now, right, is the looming cap ceiling. It's not going to be raising that much. And so for a lot of teams like, say, the New Jersey Devils, extending Meyer long term would be a problem, right? They've got to repay or they've got to resign Brat. They're probably not going to want to pay him more than Jack Hughes. And Hughes isn't really making that much relative to uh, what he's doing on the ice. He's making like, what, eight, eight and a half. And if Meyer wants nine plus, who the heck in the New Jersey front office is going to approve that over Hughes? It just doesn't seem that realistic. So in a lot of ways, I think, you know, resigning Brought would should, it should and, and will be one of the priorities. Um that would make Meyer more of a rental, right? And I, I think Timo, in whatever team that he's going to be going to, I would suspect that he probably intends to make himself a part of that competitive core for some time. And there's just not many teams that I see realistically being able to afford him. Uh, the Bruins, I think, would have to you know clear some cap space. Uh, they certainly can't lock him up long term. They've got way too much money committed. And this is kind of like a one and done sort of season for them with this core uh, unless they are able to avoid, you know, a lot of turnover in the off season, but you know, everyone on that team is getting older. So if they were to try and make some kind of a team deal happen, it would have to be like a slam dunk, you know, rental. It can't be anything more than that. That's why I look at the trade package that the, the sharks were asking for a first, um, maybe a couple of B tier or one or two A tier prospects and, you know, some kind of like, roster player and i really feel like the jets are the best suited team because they can lock timo up long term uh, i think that they have the draft capital and prospects to make it happen and you know we've got lots of roster players that the jets could potentially offer in a deal now here's what i said yesterday there are, are a handful of untouchables for me um and i i think for where the jets are at right now right 
I would be willing to move Heinola. I think that is something I would explore if, you know, the Canucks are, or if the Sharks are saying this is what it takes to get the, the Meyer deal over the, over the finish line. But, you know, Sandberg, it'd be a little bit harder, but I wouldn't mind that as well. I, I think any of like these, these guys who are right now kind of fighting for third pairing spots, Logan Stanley, uh, Dylan Sandberg, Vili Heinola, you know, for, for Sandberg and Heinola, they're both, I wouldn't necessarily call prospects, but also probably viewed that by the Canucks. And we know that Sandberg is really effective. So I think they would bring some considerable trade value. I would also be trying to figure out if Lambert or Lucius would be available. Uh, For me, Lambert's probably the guy that I would shop first. We all love Brad. We all know that his potential is like sky high. In terms of current performance levels and stuff, though, Lucius and Rucker McGroarty are probably... uh, darn near the top of Winnipeg's performers. We also have guys like Chipperkov and Rashevsky who have been doing really well, uh, generally speaking, overseas. Rashevsky in particular, I think, is just about ready to make the jump. Dmitry Kuzman has also been good. Um, but I, I think, you know, Kuzman and some of these other defenders, maybe Chazom, it, it might be a little bit hard to make a deal around them in particular. So, you know, I'm willing to package up multiple assets, and I think it would be especially great if the Jets made this deal, knowing that Meyer had an extension in place. I think Timo would be a, a perfect signing. I think he would have a big cap hit, admittedly, but Wheeler is expiring in a couple of seasons. Dubois is probably getting moved at some point or, you know, walking. I don't think he'll walk. I do think that is probably not the biggest thing I'm concerned about. Uh, I do think the Jets are probably not going to get a great trade return, but I think that there will be some kind of like com- compensatory pick or something, right? Nothing like amazing, maybe like a fourth or a third rounder, uh, or, or you know, if we're lucky, maybe a second rounder. But, excuse me, uh, you know, I, I think we're probably not asking for a major return here, which is okay, right? As long as Dubois continues to really kill it, I mean, the asset management isn't, ideal but you kind of have to make the best of the situation and you know let's be honest this team as it's trying to make a competitive competitive window is better as long as he's still here with them so yeah the main thing i think is just loading up the season and meyer for me is a perfect fit i think the jets are already looking at him and i think that they are considering you know making a real serious offer both to meyer and to the sharks i think that there's a natural congruency i think there's a great fit Nikolai Ehlers would love to have one of his former teammates playing on one of his lines. You just really can't go wrong with this deal. So Timo Meyer to Winnipeg, let's book it. Let's get it done. And let's also talk about some of the other players the Jets have been linked to, because there are a couple of, uh, like, I would say depth players that maybe the Jets should consider. Maybe uh, I, I wouldn't be as excited about, but could still play a meaningful role for the Jets without really sacrificing a ton of draft capital. We'll talk about those players and who they are in just a little bit. But before we go any further, I wanted to shout out one of our other wonderful partners at Athletic Greens. Our next partner has a product that I use literally every day. I started taking AG1 because I was looking for a boost to my daily routine, uh, something to really help my immune system, especially as we're fighting off tons of, of bacterial infections and stuff. It's a very dicey time right now, and as you can tell, uh, I'm personally fighting off something right now, so 
you know, it's it's really more important uh, than ever before to make sure that your immune system is up to snuff. So if you're wondering what AG1 from Athletic Greens is, it's just one delicious scoop mixed in a cup of water that helps you absorb 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens. It helps you get your day starting uh, started, and it's backed by over 7,000 five-star reviews. This is an extremely lifestyle-friendly product. AG1 is keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, and gluten-free friendly. It contains less than one gram of sugar. There's no GMOs, no nasty chemicals or additives. It tastes great. It's used by pro athletes and trainers. There are so many people who rely on this, and best of all, it costs less than $3 a day, which is a lot cheaper than your daily cold brew habits. So right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water mixed together every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Hello, friends, and welcome back to these closing thoughts on tonight's episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets. As always, thank you so much for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. We are just wrapping up real quick with some thoughts on a couple of names the Jets have been linked to for depth players. Uh, Nick Ritchie and and Max Domi have apparently both been scouted by the, the Jets recently, or at least have been linked to Winnipeg. Uh, and, and for me, right, you know, looking at these two, Ritchie, I'm not really as interested in. Uh, Richie is kind of like a power forward type. Um, he did have some scoring chops back in the day. And I think, you know, the ducks are probably hoping at one point that he would really turn into something, but I think he's been with the Yotes recently. So as you can tell, uh, his career hasn't really turned into something where I think, you know, you're expecting like top six production. Uh, I do think he had a bit of a spell with the Bruins where I don't know if he was necessarily contributing a ton uh he is a very physical presence and that he does occasionally add some stuff to the box scores but you know generally speaking you're looking at a guy who might modestly hit maybe 15 20 points a season so yeah i mean you're asking for basically like a fourth liner um does he offer much defensive value not particularly does he offer a lot of offensive value probably not. He might be a little bit more well-rounded than Saku Manalainen, so I guess that's enough. But if you're expecting a lot out of him, probably not, right? As far as Domi is concerned, Max is a little bit more versatile, a little bit more gifted offensively. Um, I know that Domi had a uh, a recent spell with the Hawks that's not exactly been amazing. You know, he's been decent for them, but I don't think he has necessarily been... Uh, the kind of guy that looks like a surefire second liner or something. I think as a third liner, he would be very good alongside Adam Lowry. I think he has a way of getting under his opponent's skin. He can, uh, you know, maybe draw some penalties, although I think he tends to take more than he draws. He does have a decent shot, and he's got some decent passing instincts. I, again, I think both of these guys would be filling in for like your third and your fourth lines. It's kind of like the Stempniak slash Toulouse, uh acquisitions from several years ago you know you're not really picking up um players that i would say move the needle uh, particularly significantly but will help you kind of replace 
maybe some of the players who aren't currently bringing as much to your bottom six. So maybe you can add a little bit more scoring punch, maybe a little bit more of a two-way transition game, something to help, you know, take some of the burden off of the top six. Right now, it's very clear that the top two lines and the bottom two lines have an extremely stark difference in offensive value. So anything that you can kind of help to tip that balance would be great. And I think, you know, one of Richie or Domi would probably do that, or even both of them. Uh, am I necessarily big fans of either of them? No. I, I think that they both come with uh, plenty of, you know, issues in their game. But, you know, at the end of the day, they will be improvements. And so that's how I'm going to choose to look at it for the most part. Let me know what you think about those guys and what you think the Jets would give up for them. And if you are still interested in seeing Timo Meyer in a Jets uniform, either as a rental or long term, Drop your thoughts about those potential trade options in the YouTube comments below and on my social medias at HLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. For tonight's episode, though, that is going to be all the time that we have. I thank you so much for listening and making Locked on Jets your first listen of the day. We will see you back here tomorrow, so be sure to like, follow, and subscribe. And as always, have a great night. Thanks for listening, and go Jets go!